podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. talking about just before we came on air lads there so I, I, I quickly stopped the conversation but hello good afternoon and welcome to a Celtic State of Mind my name mm-hmm. is Laura Bradburn and I'm joined as always on this Friday afternoon by Tony Haggerty how are you doing Tony? I'm very well Laura yourself? Not too bad not too bad and we are joined for a wee change today by Brian Degnan how are you doing Brian? I'm doing well I'm happy to be here it's, it's kind of like being in holiday it's like I'm in holiday for the Wednesday club so yeah, exactly a, like a loan you know, deal you know it gets rowdy on a Friday as well, so you know, it's going to be a good one. Loving the uh, man in the background there, Brian. That's that's marvellous. I know. Aye, that's the that's the kidding yourself on section of the house where um, <laughs> I, I pretend uh, I, I try and combat the takeaways with a kid on exercise bike. That's it doubles the, a close horse, yeah. Doubles as a close horse, it does indeed. <laughs> What's the phrase? You can't outrun a bad diet. I'll sure try my best, but you know, uh, <laughs> I, I'll give it a good try. <laughs> I'm loving the truth that you can fatten thoroughbreds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think both I think both Brian and I will go no comment on the rest of that particular conversation and get back to talking Celtic. I, I'm um, working my darts for him at the minute, you know. <laughs> Paint in one hand, dart in the other hand. Uh, yeah. That's actually the only sport my cardio is fit for, is darts. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, either that or spinning in my chair, that's the only bit of exercise I've been getting lately. Aye, yes. well. We, Plenty we, to be spinning here. We're badly in need of a laugh. You know what I'm saying? We are badly in need of a laugh. I um, went to see Doctor Strange. No spoilers in here. I went to see Doctor Strange last night. And just to be clear, absolutely nothing else of note happened last night. Are we clear, guys? Yeah. Oh, yep. well, that's an affirmative. <laughs> yeah, affirmative. <laughs> we will get on to talking about Celtic, as we always like to do on this podcast. Tony, it's been a, it's been a wee bit since I've seen you. Obviously, I wasn't on the show last Friday. Uh, last time I saw you was in the flesh for a change. We were at the Indeed. at the event at Celtic Park for the raising of money for the Willie Mealy statue. A fantastic night all round, wasn't it? Oh, indeed, and you got the biggest privilege you got to meet my dad. I so, did, yeah, La- ladies and gents. You know, worship. You know what I mean. So that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't need any more heroes than that. Except I'm saying, my old man. You know, 
with his deaf ear to your side. That was that was a good plan. You well, know, just sat there like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be to be absolutely honest, I think he probably made the right decision there because I think when he eventually swapped round, he thought I've made a massive mistake here. I can actually hear what she's saying. So. <laughs> No, no, no. He has to listen to me a lot, you know. So it's um, maybe that's why. Uh, but it was a it was a fantastic night, and and I just wanted to bring it up to say thank you to anybody in the chat who we might have uh, met on the night, or um, who came up to say hello. We got plenty of kind words from people, especially mm-hmm. the lads at the next table whose names I never got, but they certainly made their themselves known to us. But uh, they, it was just fantastic to be there. I think the three of us can attest to. Um, you know, getting caught up in the online world and, you know, the sometimes overly negative atmosphere that that creates, you can forget exactly what a kind of positive impact you can have on people and, and the kind words people are willing to say when they're when they're actually standing in front of you. I actually had one guy come up to me and said that he thought he'd left the podcast running in his phone in his pocket until he realised I was standing behind him. So there you go. Um, it was a bit of a strange sensation, but a, a fantastic night nonetheless. Um Brian, I'll come to you. Plenty happened in Celtic uh, Celtic news this week, not least the um, coverage of the, the Player of the Season awards and all that that entails. Nice to see the boys out in their, their best suits and the women's team out in some of their more glam- glamorous attire compared to their, their training gear and things like that. But um, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on uh, Callum McGregor's award as Player's Player of the Season and obviously the massive impact he's had at Celtic over the course of this season. Uh, it's hard to overstate exactly how key a figure he is at Celtic at the moment, isn't it? Uh, it's, it you know, it's one of those, the interesting thing with, with Carl McGregor in that he gets a lot of plaudits and yet he's still underrated, I think, because mm-hmm. I just think that the impact he has on the team in its entirety is is incredible. And it's not just the, what he does in the park, it's that unquantifiable thing, but Joe Hart's got as well. It's the influence over the other players. You know, I remember Gordon Stranton used to say that, you know, if you can't be a good, have a good game, just be a good teammate. And he's still been in the trenches and looking around. And you can guarantee when the Celtic players look around and they see Callum McGregor spurring them on, it's got to inspire them. Um, so I think him getting the award at the Player of the Year is the, the good thing. The good position we're in is the fact that a few players could have got it, which is something you could we've not said for a while. There was maybe two or three because. Certainly couldn't have complained if they got it, but I think Callum McGregor deserved it. Um, the only negative thing about the Player of the Year um, event was the fact that Matt O'Reilly's ruined suits for me because I used to quite like wearing a suit, and that's impossible now because he's 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 won. He's won the suits and he looked fantastic. But uh, but no seriousness, I Callum McGregor, top player, top man, and um, I I want I was one of the people that wasn't sure how he would be as captain. You know, he's, he never really showed that sort of side of him as much before as good a player as he was but his work this season has been absolutely incredible the way he's galvanised the team and one of the things I thought he'd done best was when we lost at Hamden and he mm. got the players together and I just thought that was that was absolutely exceptional to see It, it has a, it absolutely been a fantastic captain and I don't think you're alone in, in thinking um, that you weren't sure whether he would be the right choice or what kind of a captain he would be Tony we've talked about it before but you know, everybody talks about the outstanding captain that Scott Brown was, and it was clear that no matter what kind of captain uh, Cal McGregor was going to be, it was not going to be the same type of captain um, as Scott Brown. But it does prove, doesn't it, that 
there's many ways to skin a cat, for want of a better phrase. You can be an effective and good captain without necessarily being of the, the type of personality. It's certainly to the outside world that that you would think has what it takes to take on that role. How daunting was it for Callum McGregor to walk into a guy who left the club with a moniker, captain, leader, legend, and then they turn to Callum McGregor and everybody's eyebrows are raised and people are saying, can he see it in Callum, can he see it in Callum? I saw it in Callum O'Brien said that day at Hamden. That's called leadership. There's not, not many players are, are, have that in them. And when he came in to speak to the press boys, we asked him, what did you say? His answer was emphatic. Told him one game does not define a season. That's all you need to know about Callum McGregor. You run out of superlatives this season to describe his actual performances because he has been absolutely sensational. And as Brian said there, either Callum McGregor or Cameron Carter Vickers could have won that award and possibly a couple others with honourable mentions. But uh, Callum McGregor, there has been what, I don't know, Callum McGregor's been eight, nine and on a eight or nine steady this season. Mm. Jim Bang's on about players being seven or eights or eight or nines, but Callum McGregor's been eight or nine this season in every match. He stood up, even even the ones that Celtic have lost, which have not been many. We're on a 29-game unbeaten run in the league, and a major part of that has been Callum McGregor. I once described Scott Brown as being the beaten heart of that Celtic team, but my goodness, Callum McGregor's walked into that role and is now becoming, as fast becoming, the same beating heart, the fulcrum of the team, the guy that lifts everybody. You know, you go to Ibrox, you go one down after three minutes. Callum McGregor helps get you on terms within seven minutes. Mm. Four minutes later, because he takes a ball and he runs and says, I'm not taking this. And I mentioned before about Rodgick's celebration at that point. Rodgick's celebration was pretty muted because I think they were really disappointed in the way they started the game. And then you see Rodgick celebrating when Cameron, Vic- Cameron Carter-Vickers scores a second goal at Ibrox. He's mm-hmm. going off his head. Because I think they were annoyed, and I think it was Callum that, you know, that a major he was a major catalyst for that. He just said, "Right, unacceptable first five minutes in the Rangers game. Let's get back to what we do best." You know, charged into them, just get the ball, and just said, "Right, I'm going to do something about this." And that was a move that led to equaliser. And after that, Celtic didn't look back. Yeah, they withstood a lot of pressure in this. Well, some pressure in the second half, but they, I never ever thought Rangers were going to score at Ibrox. That day, mm-hmm. in the second half, they put a lot of ball in, but you know, but just various, just different things that Callum's done off season, he can point to, and he has been, he's been a captor and a leader, the same as Scott Brown. He's working on the legend, isn't he? The interesting thing as well about Callum is, and one of the things that I think exemplifies um, his standing in, among the players is when Joe Hart came in, and one of the first things Joe Hart said was that Callum McGregor was the one that welcomed him. Mm. And really stood out. Now, you look at the experience and the people he's played alongside and the clubs he's been at and the places he's been in the ages. You know, it's a guy, Cap, was it 75 times for England? And he's saying that Cal McGregor was an absolute class act and, and welcome him to the club and set his mind at ease. Now, it could have been the case that he couldn't quite say Postacoglu's name yet. That's a theory. <laughs> but um, but I think the fact that the players are holding him in such high regard. And I think the way Cal McGregor speaks as well, you know, it, it sounds like a weird compliment, but he's a good talker. Mm-hmm. You know, after games, he's he's very articulate, very um, composed in how he speaks. And um, so I just think off on and off the park, he's he's a class act. And there's no higher accolade than being given that award by your peers for recognition no. of what you've you've did this season and your achievements. You know, so uh, you know that all the players can't be wrong, can they? You know, 
people might accuse ourselves of some kind of bias and that. And obviously, you're going to pick a Celtic player, but you know this is, you know, but I, in my opinion, Callum McGregor is a well-deserved uh, player of the year, PFA Scotland player of the year. So, yeah, uh, but you know, all, all the fellow professionals voted for it. So, I think that's one that players are proud of, because it comes from guys that you've played against or others who who play the game and whether they have an understanding of the game or not, it's, that's immaterial. But, you know, people label, label that accusation as on social media, you know that, guys. But, uh, you know, so that's that's kind of, that's a personal accolade. That's that's one that players are really, really proud of. You know, the, the other one, the Scottish football writers that Craig Gordon got, I think it was a close-run thing. So you can argue the toss with those two players having outstanding seasons for different reasons. Brian mentioned a goalkeeper there, and it's fair play to Joe Hart that his ego didn't get in the way that he maybe wanted to become a captain-like figure. But bow to Callum's, you know, role as captain in the dressing room, and you know, nodded to that and said, "Right, that's fine. I, I know my place within this team. Experienced as I am, you're the go-to man. You're the guy that's helped me. You've helped all the other players. So I, I was very impressed with that with Joe Hart as well." And, and not that Callum would make a big deal about it because he just seem he just seems like that a quiet man, but he's quietly effective, isn't he? Or yeah. more than more than effective. And uh, I'm glad because he seems to have blossomed in the role as captain and, and long may it continue. I think it's one of those things with, with Callum McGregor where um you know sometimes we like to talk about what we think goes on in the dressing room, what we think players are like, what we think they're like as people. And he's proved, to me anyway, that really, you know, is as much of a guessing game as we ever thought it was. Like, we have no idea the kind of impact he has just because he proves not to be this kind of boastful or bombastic personality to the outside world doesn't mean that he's not one of the biggest personalities in the dressing room. So, And it's great to see him there and hopefully he'll be there in that role for many years to come. Um, Gerard, Gerald Coyle says if it wasn't for the mask Callum McGregor would still be out injured which is an interesting thing to remember um, I'm hoping I'm hoping he doesn't have to play with the mask after pre-season but it just depends on how things go I've heard all sorts of rumours about you know he's wearing the mask until he can get surgery in the summer and, and that kind of thing how much of this is true I don't know but but it'll be interesting to see how that proceeds throughout the, the pre-season and whether he because I, I genuinely believe that as much as if it's been a bit of a talking point, I do think that it does hinder his game a little bit in terms of his vision and things, and hopefully that he can get that back into the next season. Um, Brian, Tony raised another good point, and actually um, I mentioned on the match coverage against Rangers on, on Sunday that uh, I, I voted for Joe Hart as my player of the season in the Celtic fans' vote. Now, had somebody said that to me at the start of the season, I would have openly laughed in their face, but that is what I did. He's talked about the impact of Callum McGregor, but what about the impact of Joe himself, Brian, on, on, on this team? I know that there's there's detractors and there's people saying that he still kind of, you know, puts himself in awkward positions at times, but, you know, how has he, how has he impacted the team for you this season? Well, I think he's impacted it in, in several fronts. One of the, the things that I would say, just to, to caveat, is if you look at the keeper we had last season, compared to now, anybody, I'd been a better keeper, right? <laughs> So then all the hologram hands bark us, but I think but so when Joe Hart comes in, he's bound to be better. So I think he, he sort of rode that crest. But the fact is he's he's um 
validated that faith because his performances have been solid. Um, I think that he's pulled off, for every time maybe you could question him, which hasn't been often, he's pulled off remarkable saves. Um, but more than that, he's really commanding that back four. You know, he's, he's really calm. He organises it. Um, players know if they get by Carter Vickers or Starfield, they need to deal with Joe Hart. And that just inspires confidence in them. The fact he showed you leadership as well, um, I don't think it's a cliche. It's one of those classic football cliches, but you can't have enough captains in your team. Mm. And I think a guy like him just spurring the players on, cheering them up. I remember, I can't remember what game it was. I think Starfield had been tackled. I think he'd got an elbow. And he was ranting and raving at the ref. But he might have been North County, Brian. Might be North County. Um, and Joe Hart, can I, you see him give him a nudge as if to say, shut your mouth because you're going to get sent off. And just took control of the situation. Even times we see there's maybe a wee bit of a, 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 kind of bit of, a bit of a stramash, a wee bit of scuffling. Joe Hart comes over, but he just calms people down. He says, you mm. over there, you over there, talks to the ref. And again, I'll get actually articulate. And so I think that the effect he's had in the team is 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 hard hard to measure at times. Like I, I know Al Morrison, whom I'm a big fan of, he was talking about the fact that Joe Hart and Scott Bain have similar stats in a mm. lot of ways, but what they don't have is that extra thing. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. And that's what Joe Hart brings. I think it's something that you can't really buy in a player. So the fact we, we, the fact we got him for such a low amount, the fact he took, took quite a sizable wage drop to come and play, and the way he's, he's adapted and the way he speaks with the club and the way he's settled has been, been excellent. I think I think exactly what you touched on with the whole um, Scott Bain and, and Joe Hart thing, stats aside, and, and that's a conversation both Tony and I have had many times with Alan. He, his stats are incredible and do put things in perspective for you, but especially in the case of a goalkeeper, there's something that, that can't be quantified about the... About the the safety that you feel with somebody behind the uh, uh, between the six that that you know somebody else doesn't provide for you regardless of what it says on paper. Um, Tony, Joe Hart could easily have said, "I'm going to sit on the bench at Tottenham as a third choice keeper, probably earning more money than he does for us." He could have said, "You know, I'm not going to lower myself to the Scottish game." Uh, do you think probably we should have anticipated? the type of impact he's had and the type of personality is just from the mere fact that he decided to leave what was obviously a comfort zone for him and come to Scotland to try and prove himself again and, and keep playing. You know, let's be honest here. Who told you Joe Hart was a bad goalkeeper? Who told you he'd lost it? Joe Hart's always been a very good goalkeeper. Mm. You know, it was a couple of man, you know, everybody or Pep Bradley all said he couldn't play with a ball at his feet. You know, Jose Mourinho didn't rate him, this guy didn't rate him. This was all a bombardment from from media, basically, telling you Joe Hart was washed up, he was this, he was that. Brian's just said, they played 75 times for England. You don't lose it. Joe Hart just wanted to be loved and to play football because he loves football, he told you himself. Very articulate when he speaks. And he came to a club that was as good for him as he was going to be for the club. 
And you look at that defence, as Brian said, you get four guys who trust him implicitly. And Joe Hart was the goalkeeper and the voice that Celtic needed at the back of the pack, behind the, the back four. Because clearly it wasn't working with Barkas and the players were a nervous wreck. Last season, whenever Barkas played, and then that kind of transmitted to Bain, whose stats were comparable, as Alan would say, but you never, you never ever felt that supreme confidence that you do with Joe Hart. That's what it's about. It's about having not just confidence, but supreme confidence in the guy in, in, in between the sticks. Well, people blamed him last week for getting beat at his near post. Back while we, it happens, right? Goalkeepers, you know, they, these kind of things happen. But how many times this season have you said, Joe Hart's to blame? You can count in your one hand, if at all. You know, and, and lots of people don't like the way he plays it out from the back and goes out his area. And I get all that, but well, that's a style and a philosophy that the managers instilled in the team. It's going to be there. They're going to do it. And even if they make mistakes, so be it. It's here to stay. But I, Joe Hart's just solidified that whole Celtics team, not just with his experience, but his voice. The fact that he is, Brian alluded to there, a captain, out with your captain. Can I get enough voices like that in your team directing traffic and just telling guys where to be and just having that common influence on everybody? You know, some of the young players as well. And, and he is, he's a, he's a bit of a Henry Kissinger when it comes to skirmishes, isn't he? He's mm. just going out and just kind of calm everything down. And, and he's always in dialogue with referees, which is never a bad thing. <laughs> I'm not saying it influences him at all, but you get a guy who's willing to talk to you in a calm and professional manner. It does help, you know. And I just think he's he's been a revelation and someone who could have won the Player of the Year. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't have been surprised by it myself. Obviously, I voted for him. But there was plenty of candidates, but you know, he was he was an outstanding candidate for me, and he, I think he. <sighs> I hate to say it because Callum McGregor has been so outstanding. Um, and Brian, feel free to correct me on this if if you think it's like a bit of hyperbole. But I think in terms of the difference between last season and this season, Soul Hart, uh, Joe Hart has been perhaps a bigger factor in that switch, manager aside, than anything else in this season. Certainly in terms of players, I think he's been the biggest upgrade in position from what we had last season. Do you think that's fair or do you think there's somebody else you would put that on? In terms of the big upgrade in position, I think you can look most of the team, to be honest. I think mm. almost everyone's been an upgrade. Um, but I think the biggest change uh, and one of the things that, again, it's hard to measure is the cultural shift for last season. You know, the players all look up for it. They look like a tight unit. The presence of Ange been in there and this new leader that everyone, you can tell that like, even... I've even seen Rangers fans that say, oh, he's a, the Celtic manager I hate least, which I think is a compliment. But it's, uh, it, it seems like he's just one of those guys that's, that's light and he's fostered this culture at the club where the players buy into him, they buy into each other. And one of the things that I love most is that he talks about he doesn't buy players, he buys people. Mm. You can really see that. You can see that in the team and the team spirit. And I think that, apart from the individual qualities the players display and, of course, Angie's tactical um, approach, it's that, that shift in culture. They just does a I think it was actually Tony that was one of the first to call it. There's a, such a relentlessness about the team just now. That like yes, we can be quite flashy, yes, the football's great to watch. 
Um, but we're so hard to beat. There is a real steal about the team. And that 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 is not just players that do that. That's the culture. They're determined to win and they're very hard to get beat, but they do it on their own sort of uh, merits. And and I think that's probably the biggest change as opposed to any one player. Um, so that was a long-winded answer to say I don't agree with you, Laura, but I just think that <laughs> I think that if you look at positions, almost everybody's upgraded this season for last season. And even the guys that are still there, like, you know, Beaton, Ralston, Taylor, have all improved dramatically. They almost look like new players. So it's as much down to the coaching as it is the culture. Yeah. So, so if we're the culture club, Laura, who's the crazy gang? Oh, nowadays, I've no <laughs> idea. Have you watched Atletico Madrid recently? I mean, they're pretty crazy. Okay, fair enough. We'll give Atletico Madrid the, the moniker of the crazy gang. <laughs> Uh, there is a culture in the club when it's came from the manager from from day one and the players and he he talked he's talked about it a lot recently saying he was hoping that people would trust him and buy into him and he's and he's had a buy in on mass and uh, he's brought in players well people in fact I agree I agree with that that would enhance the club because remember he said about he doesn't just buy good players he buy, he envisages his players in the position in the team and uh, so and he also buys good and it's Greg Taylor that said he's brought in good people I think a couple of weeks ago in a press and said that that's another thing and, and they've all gelled so well so quickly you know and you talk about your captain I, I loved the captain last week who said he took it as a personal slight that we lost the title last season mm. I, I love that you know just he took it that personally that he wanted to make sure that this Last season was a one-off. So see when you've got someone as determined as that, and that's a manager's dream, because that's his captain. And any new people or players he brings in, there's your go-to man right away. He'll he'll explain what's happening here, what we're trying to do, or if needed, you know. And and and, and that's that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful for the likes of Kyogo and Matt O'Reilly and anybody coming in. You know that Callum's the man to be. Just telling them how it is, and uh, a trusted pair of shoulders, you know. So, uh, and an old pair of shoulders and a young head, really, you know. Experienced, uh, Carlin, because he's still relatively young, but he's as if he's been around forever. You know. Do you know man- what makes that? Do you know what makes that even weirder, Tony? The fact that he's been around forever. Like James Forrest is the one who broke through early and got into the team as a youngster, mm-hmm. as a teenager. Callum McGregor had a bit of experience where he went elsewhere, he went to Notch County, he did other things. He's a relatively late breaker into the Celtic first team and yet, like you say, he's had the impact he's had and feels like he's been around forever. I think that, like you say, speaks volumes about his impact. Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, and, uh, but it is, there's a, it's night and day from last season, isn't it? And a mm. big part of that is the culture that Brian's talking about. And, and thankfully, this season it's been a winning culture. We can still culture so you won't see if you don't win. <laughs> you know, but it's been married and fused together and it's been, you know, really enjoyable. Celtic weren't supposed to win this title, so we were told. So and it's it's just been a, a remarkable run. Twenty nine games unbeaten in the league, that's that's pretty relentless. You know, twenty five wins, four draws, or twenty four wins, five draws. You know, so uh, that's that's quite relentless in my book. Mm. I think they'll deserve. They'll be deserved champions. Nobody can dispute or deny that. They'll, they'll beat their rivals twice. They've taken seven from twelve out of four fixtures. They'll, they'll beat them twice, drawn once, lost once. So, yeah, it's it's been a 
a tremendous season and phase one of the rebuild now on to phase two and you're, you're excited about what the future holds. And that's an important point, isn't it? Is that it's just phase one. We're still, you know, I, I said at the start of the season that, you know, I didn't expect us to win the league this year. I just, it just, seemed, it just seemed like such an impossible task. And, it, and I wasn't content with that, but I thought, well, if we can see there's improvement, there's progress, we know it's going to get better as years going. Angie's record shows that. The fact he's well ahead of schedule is, is all the more impressive, to be honest. To, to be fair, the, the Australians like Jared and, and Dan were telling us it was the, the second season yeah. you would win the title. So you were going on on their you know knowledge. But I, like you, was like, but you're writing off £40 million instant access to the Champions League, and it didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. After Aberdeen in October, I think it was September, October, Pitodri, they went they went there and they won a real difficult game when people were talking about Ange, you know, oh, future un- unclear and unsafe and all that kind of stuff. But when they won that, you turn around and you think, right, you know what it takes because they hadn't won away from home for ages and that was a real kind of galvanising effect. That was the day that the salute with the fans punched the badge and all that and I thought, you know, something there's, there's something brewing here. I didn't realise that it would go the way it did, but you, you kind of hoped, and that was the kind of start of that, right, okay, players are buying what you're saying, because they, they won pretty ugly that day mm. at Pataudry, and you thought, you know, there's another side to our game, you had the pretty stuff where they hammered Dundee and St Martin 6-0 and battered Hearts 3-2, the scoreline doesn't look like that, but there was a half an hour in that league game, league cup game at Celtic Park where Celtic were unplayable, they were terrific, and even then, Edward scored, so that just seems like a distant time, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, the club has evolved under Ange, and that culture is uh, the, the, he brought in has become prevalent, and we're now off in a new direction. And yeah, it's been an incredible uh, journey this season with Ange, watching it all kind of transpire. And you know, it's, I, I, I I say that after last season, you you have to enjoy these moments. And Celtic won the title because you can never take it for granted. Some people maybe took ten for granted at the club, and you know, and we all saw what happened. But it's when it's now swung back to Celtic, the pendulum. You you got to enjoy days like tomorrow and and Wednesday night for it to be arithmetically possible, assuming that Celtic and Rangers both wins this weekend. But you, you know, you, you enjoy it because it's been it's been a long year. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think I think you're entirely right that we we need to not take these things for granted. So so many times last season, I thought we were going to be extremely far away from being in the position that we're in. So the fact that we're in it is fantastic. Um, and it's funny what you said about you know players being from different eras, but like clashing right up to each other. I always get a fright when I see a picture of Andreas Tom in that '98 title winning strip because I associate him so firmly with the Tommy Burns era, which was obviously right before the Vim Janssen era, but you just 
forget sometimes that he bled into both eras and had a role to play in the t- title winning season of 98 even though he wasn't around at the end of it so it's funny what the mind does and um, before we move on to other topics just wanted to bring up a couple of comments here uh, Neely Morrison just going back to the, the Callum McGregor chat says we did know what he was like in the dressing room Laura we KT told us all I'm sure he did but I, I'm not up to date on every interview that Kieran Tierney's done so I do apologise but um, feed the bear uh, says um, Monty if you're watching God bless me get well soon I believe Monty's uh, not doing too great at the moment he's, he's not well so if you are watching or listening Monty you're usually a big presence in the chat hopefully you'll be back in the chat soon um, and we look forward to it but just take your time and get well uh, the wishes of everybody at Axom are with you at the moment um, and, and uh, the other thing I wanted to say on the back of that was obviously I'm sure it's been said on the pod already this week but the the shocking and untimely passing of, of, of Jimmy Bell at Rangers um, was big news in Scotland this week. And I think I speak for everybody on Axon when I say that, that the thoughts of everybody are with his family and friends. And uh, it was, I think, a big shock considering he was on the bench uh, against Celtic on, on Sunday to, to hear the news during the week. So that's, uh, yeah, just wanted to say thoughts are with his family and friends as well. Um Brian, we'll move on to um, looking ahead to this weekend. Obviously, we can get a step closer to, to securing the title. Um, what are you expecting to see from from Ange in terms of team selection this weekend? Are you expecting big changes given the way that the game ended last week? Or are you expecting more of the same because obviously we had such a good first half against Rangers? No pressure, Brian. <laughs> Here we go. I've I've made some wacky team selections over the season. I'll be honest. So you know, so does Ange. So so does Ange. Um, So I think I think Andrew probably stick with the same team. If I'm honest, I don't envision many changes. Um, I would make a couple of changes. Um, But then, tell us, tell us. No, I would have um, I would have Beaton back in. Oh, you're talking Um, rubbish, (laughs) Nankin. I'd have uh, have Beaton back in. I would have um, McGregor pushed up a bit in O'Reilly. Um, that'd be my main changes, and I would probably bring a Bada back in as well, a Bada Jota, and uh, I keep Kyogo. Um, although I do, I do think we've. It's it, it's funny to say this, but I think we've really missed uh, Jack Marcus mm. up front. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Now, you know, when Kyogo got injured, and then there was a lot of doubts about um, big, gorgeous Georges coming in, but um, I think you actually, you actually start to miss him, especially when you go to venues like Tynecastle. That being said, I would still start Kyogo. But the reason I bring Beaton in is twofold. One, because I think Hatati looks knackered, didn't he? Rio needs an app, he looks of it. Um, <laughs> and and, and um, I think when you, you look at the work he puts in off the ball, which is, I think it goes sort of um, under the radar at times, but I do think he probably needs a rest. And I think when I, Beaton's best games for Celtic was when he captained us against Hearts. I thought he'd really stood up strong and I think he's a reliable presence, which again is something I, I didn't think I would have said at the start. Um, and the only reason I bring a bad in is as good as Meade has been, it, you know, I, I think a bad will be bursting at the seams to get back involved and he, he is such a goal threat. And, you know, Tony and I were talking earlier that at times we can be quite wasteful, whereas a bad is fairly clinical. Mm. So that's the reasons I would have, have back in. And I tell you what, a hard game as well. Like, you know, I know a hard season is essentially finished because they're third and they can't go anywhere, but they'll be determined to, to win. And they're a decent side. If, uh, you know, they're, they're going to carry a threat. And the pressure is on us, no doubt, because we want to get the title sealed as quick as possible. And they'll know that. So, so big, big game. I don't think we can make assumptions that oh, we'll beat Hearts and that's it. I think it's, 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 a, it's a big task we've got. Yeah, and it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned Beaton actually, because I was at the, I did the match coverage in studio with Lawrence and Paul uh, last week, and when Beaton was getting brought on, I, I commented on uh, how Trimmy was looking and fit and uh, all that kind of thing to the point actually where the lads told me I needed to calm down a wee bit. I was getting myself a wee bit too excited, but you know, I, I, you say what you see, as they say on catchphrase, and that's what I saw. He, he definitely looks a bit more ready to go and and perhaps again it's a reflection of the change in culture at the club that a player like him who's not been as sharpest at various points during his Celtic career is looking particularly sharp now so it's good to see. Um, Tony what do you make of Brian's comments there in terms of tomorrow? Obviously nothing's a given especially against Hearts um, and we know that but you know, are the changes something that you would expect to see or more of the same from Ange? I think I think knowing what type of manager is, we know what we'll go with it, but <laughs> what are your thoughts anyway? I think yes, he's starting 11 every week. He's part of my show. You know, it's the top corners, I'm your man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've actually did no bad. I've been pretty good, to be fair. Now, like Brian, I would make a couple of changes, but maybe not the ones that... Brian has suggested, but that's why. Oh, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> fight, you just, you just see things differently, but that's the beauty of it, isn't it? That I would rest a tatty as well, but I'm going to say something a wee bit controversial. I would give O'Reilly and Rogic and McGregor, because I think brains and creativity could outwit Braun tomorrow. His hearts will be robust. So which one of us three is the brains, which is the creativity and which is the bronze? We'll give we'll give Brian the bronze since he's got the exercise bike in the room, but <laughs> you, you take brains or creativity, Laura. I'm knee <laughs> brains, you know what I mean? So uh, but you know, so I would give it one shot, another shot, because I think the Celtic crowd will turn up tomorrow expecting to one, be entertained and they'll want to win. 
com- comfortably because they're in party mode. So I just think that that wee tweak might help. And I know mm. O'Reilly and Roger have played and people saying, oh, it doesn't work. But I think some games it might work. And I think this is one of those games where it could work. Now, Brian touched upon Jackie Marcus and Hearts are quite robust in the physical team. And that strengthens his case to maybe be included. But I think Anne showed you last week that when Kyogo's fit, he's his main starting striker. Yeah. I don't yep. think he'll deviate from that. And I don't think he'll deviate from Maida Jotter on the wing. That's just, that's my thinking, whether or not it's the manager's thinking is another thing. But bearing in mind, this is a tough game. Hearts players are playing for cup final places. Yeah. Normally, I would say they're seen with Peter out, but they're involved in the end of season showpiece against Rangers. So those guys will be saying to their manager, I want to be a start, a certain starter in that team. So they're coming to, to, you know, delay your title party, but come on with a cause to make sure that they're one of the names on the team sheet at Hamden. So it will be tough. I expect it to be tough. I don't expect anything else, but I just expect that Celtic's creative players and hopefully the strikers have their shooting boots on, you know, and uh, we'll, Celtic will prevail. And I just think that being rolled on by a, an expectant support and a support who all season have just waited for this moment to arrive and they're desperate for it and they can cheer them over the line, to be honest. One of the interesting things, Tony, because I think you, I think that dynamic is interesting in terms of the the, the ability, Martin would only be the legs, but do you think somebody we've, we've, we've not been talking about for Jink Turnbull could come in? Well, that and was my other thing. I aye, thought you exactly. to the start of season go to three. Aye, that'd be interesting. McGregor. I, I wouldn't put that past him either because he really likes David Turnbull. He's an excellent, excellent player. And he spoke about him a lot recently. So that wouldn't surprise me if he did that. I just thought he might give O'Reilly and Rodrick another shot alongside McGregor. Could be wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if he brought Turnbull and Rodrick back and played them alongside McGregor as well. Because he quite liked that at the start of the season before both get injured, didn't he? So that is, it's a consideration. The good thing about it is we've got lots of options. That's the thing, you know. So we'll see how it goes. But you know, Andrew just make a mug of me the more if he's starting eleven. So it's no big deal. <laughs> I will say, I, I think he does that. I think it's personal, Tony. I think he reads yours and then goes, "I'm changing up." Oh, it's personal, mate. Don't you worry. About that. <laughs> uh, Paddy Lavery in the comments saying Tony's wardrobe is the bronze, so that's that, that's entirely true. I wouldn't want a square goal with that wardrobe, but it's like no, a solid guys, piece of work. Before the end of the season, I'm going to bring a super striker down and, and, and set it up, and you'll actually see what it's like the old '70s super striker because I have a Celtic and a Rangers boo team. Ooh. <laughs> I can set it up. Uh, that would that would be fun. I, I could see I could see a few folk getting some bets on that for first scorer and all sorts. <laughs> My God, um, uh, Terence uh, Terence Pat raises uh, an interesting point, one that we've discussed before. But Tony, I wanted to come back to you with this one first because I think it's a point that we've talked about numerous times and wanted to see if your opinions basically change. But Terence Pat says. It worries me that Ange never deviates from his philosophy. In Europe, you can't play the way you play against Dundee at home. You need flexibility in your thinking and tactics. Now, obviously, that's a probably a comment related to uh, the difference between our performances in Europe and domestically this season. I don't know about you, but we were told often enough that Ange's philosophy was 
uh, plan B is plan A but better and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I think I've se- I think I've seen flexibility in the way that he's managed. Am I am I wrong? Was you not flexible the day we went to McDermott Park on Boxing Day? I just said so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he can do it. He just chooses not to, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and there's still a culture in the system that the players are bought into, and they seem to be comfortable and have grasped it. You know, he, he's talking about systems. Me and Brian were talking off air before we came on about a team that's just reached a European final playing a certain system, right? So, and it's catered to them and did it well. That's fine. But uh, if Celtic want to progress like that, then, yeah, there is an argument that they, they need to adapt their tactics to suit at times, especially in Europe. But the manager's no for changing, is he? He's no for no. turning and he's told you that so many times. So it's, it will be interesting to see what the manager does when you go in against top calibre teams, if he will tweak it. You know, you, you get the same answer all the time when you ask uh, Ange Postacoglu about changing his system and his philosophy and his style. He just says, why? Why should, why should I change it? You know, so I think uh, journalists back off from that now, saying that, but, you know, and all the Celtic supporters say that, yeah, what works against Dundee might not work against a a top-caliber European team. We get that, but the manager's trying to instill that philosophy and uh, style and tactics that it becomes second nature to them and that they can eventually become a competitive team, both domestically and in Europe, with tweaks here and there. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But what we will have to do is bring in at least four or five more quality players in order to take phase two to the level that he wants that to go to. There is no there is no doubt in that. There will be there'll be players there in the squad just now who won't have uh, a future at Celtic and Angel know that he'll be doing his homework on that right now. So in order to change tactics then you need players carry out your instructions and Celtic are, I would say, maybe four or five players still short of being a competitive team in that arena, which we want to be most competitive in. It's okay domestically just now. It's worked. Yeah, the point we've got, the contributor was making there about against Dundee and all that, 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 that's fine. And it's served as well this season. We now need a fresh influx of players who are more than capable First team ready, as Jim calls them, and more than capable of coming in and playing that system. And if Andy's done his homework, then he'll know players that play that system already. So it won't be alien to them. So he'll be thinking about bringing in those type of players and people as well that will fit seamlessly into that dressing room. That's that's kind of the way I think he'll be working it out. You know, but there is no, no getting away from it at times. You know, I'm just bringing up this comment by Craig the Gecko man and changed his formation with the Socceroos once and that caused even more uproar because he said they never would Brian, what, what do you make of this whole conversation? Tony and I have talked about it multiple times over the course of the season um, sometimes we felt that he wasn't flexible enough sometimes we felt that he was more than flexible I certainly feel like we were led to believe a certain narrative that hasn't necessarily become the case and as as the viewer pointed out there 
he has changed it in the past and people haven't been happy that way. It's it, You know, it's, he can't win in some cases. Have you seen enough from Ange to suggest that there's the flexibility there and that he doesn't verge into the area of stubborn with his tactics and his selections? Yeah, I think there's a difference between philosophies and systems versus tactics. Mm. I think, you know, tactics is more formation, you know, more game management, and I think that's flexible. I think he's shown he'll, he'll switch positions, he'll sort of, uh, you know, he'll get a bit narrower, especially under the cosh, but the approach is always the same. So it's always to, to try and attack, to try and play well, to try and score goals. I don't think that'll ever change, that philosophy, but within that, there's scope to sort of adjust during the game. So whether that's, if you know, the, the pass, 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 pass isn't working, then try and get more direct crosses. If we're under the cosh a bit, drop back slightly. But the intent is always there, the philosophy is always there. So I think, I don't think his philosophy would ever change, and I don't think it should. No. I think his, his system of the high press, the high tempo, the we never stop stuff, I don't think that'll ever change, I don't think that should. But I think within that, we've saw that he, he changed tactics during games. You know, it, like we, we saw it um, when, he, when he pushed in the, the Rangers game at Ibrooks, when he, he pushed Drogic right up behind almost as a second striker. He sat in that whole now that's something he's not done before so the philosophy is still the same but the system the, the formation the tactics are slightly different you switch wings you bring people in so I think you know I think that's an important key I don't think it's it's a sort of uh, as a <clears throat> like as binary as you'll change or you won't or a plan A or plan B I think it's the, the overarching philosophy is always going to be the same and I think just within that what I don't think he'll ever do is because it's a European game and we've got Real Madrid at home, say, I don't think he'll pack 10 men behind the ball and try and soak up pressure and counter-attack. I don't think that's his mindset at all. But what he might do is be a bit more conservative when he loses the ball. So he might get a bit narrower, press like wider as opposed to further up, if that makes sense. Sorry, Brian, I'm just laughing while you're saying that because I'm sweating at the thought that he wouldn't <laughs> he wouldn't part the bus against Real Madrid. I don't think he would. And I don't think he should. No, you, you think we can beat Real Madrid because you're good to go. <laughs> I, I, I don't, and I tell you what, the serious thing is as well, right, and, and I'm going to do the Brendan, Rod- Brendan Rodgers collection at 46 minutes or three, <laughs> but Rodgers, you could see he was trying to play the same all the time and we get battered a few times, right? But I think his mindset behind that would have been the more we play that way, the braver we get, we'll get to that level. And if we get to a point where we're getting battered less and less and less to the point we're winning, domestic football will take care of itself anyway. If we're involved as a club, what we can do is we're really good in Scotland, but when we play in Europe, we need to sit in and hope we don't get beat. Mm. Because you're never going to move over for that. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to slap the boot every time we play in Europe, but I think Andrew's got a similar idea and that we'll keep playing our way and we'll get better at it and we'll get to the point where we can play teams in Europe the way we play a Dundee United. Yeah. Like Bodo Glint are a good example. You know, things in Europe though, for me. Yeah, I think so as well. And you go 2 0 up, and again, that was to do with tactics, wasn't it? You go 2 0 up, Green and Jota's got a chance for 3 nothing. You, you come away with something from that. Sadly, the Celtic didn't. And then they went to Germany and they scored twice. I mean, they went to Spain and Germany and scored five and, and never took a point. You mm. know, so my thing is, OK, and that's in the first season of a rebuild with a team that we should, you know, which people said shouldn't be competing at that level. So I was quite kind of like, I, instead of thinking, 
okay, we got beat. We, we should maybe have taken something from both games. I, I was erring on the positive and thinking, when was the last Celtic team to go to Germany and Spain and score five in two away matches? So you're thinking, right, now this is a guy who's just starting on the job and ha- doesn't have the players, the personnel that he wants. Now you think if Celtic uh, go into Europe next season with far better personnel and they go 2 0 up and say a place like Spain or Germany against A and other, I don't think they would lose. I don't think they would lose in that mm-hmm. situation now. And, 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 that, and if you're going to bring it down to your tactics and formations, because I think they'd be better equipped to cope with it. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And they uh, and cope with the caliber of team that they're playing. And I think that's what the manager's thinking as well. He, he, he always said he wanted to test himself against the best in Europe. And he made reference to like, Betis and uh, Leverkusen quite a lot just after they'd played them. And they, they had been knocked out of the group stage of the Europa League. And he was thinking, right, OK, we did that with a team that's a shadow of what I want our team to be. You know, that evolving that uh, Brian's talking about there. So if you can do that with a shadow Celtic team and, and its preparation in phase one of the rebuild, then I want to see us in phase two of the rebuild when he, in the summer when he brings these players in, whoever they may be. Because Celtic will be vastly improved. And as Brian says, you're never going to see a Celtic team set up with 10 men behind the ball or 4-6-0 or anything like that. It's just not in his nature. Oh, Brian, I'll come to you on this one, Brian. Tony's touched on it and I thought it'd be an interesting discussion to to close out the show today. Um, And I'll bring up this point from uh, acroc950 on Twitch. says, move on, Barkas, Bolly, Sorrell, McCarthy, possibly Julian, Scales, Johnston, Ajeti, Tom Wales. He's wanting a full clear out here. Uh, some on loan, uh, some not good enough, uh, some only if we can replace with better. Thinking about what the, the viewer has just said there, Brian, before we look at potential options for coming in or areas that we need to improve, do you anticipate a, a large-scale scale clear-out this summer? And if so, who's who's like top of that list, do you think, to go? Yeah, I think it'll be a massive clear-out. Um, we were talking about Mark Ball on the Wednesday show the other day and one of the reasons I'm very excited about him coming in is I think the departures will be handled. I think, I think you know, they'll be very clear about who's staying and who's going. So I said before, and it might come back to the me, but I think everyone that's out in loan now won't feature again for Celtic. I don't think there's anybody that's out in loan at all that's going to come back in and play. So that's every loan player that's out. Which is, so you've got Hazard, Duhan, Urigide, Shaw... Um, very sellers. I don't think any of them will come back. I think you'll also lose Julian. I think it's fairly clear he's not going to feature. I could be wrong again. Um, it's happened before. It happened again. Um, <laughs> Never. <laughs> I know. I know I, listen, I can't believe it either. But 
Um, <laughs> I, I don't think uh, I don't think we'll see him again. I think Barkas will be away. Um, Scales, I'm not sure about. He might go out and loan, but I don't know if he'll, he'll feature much. Bolongoli will go. Ayeti, Soro, McCarthy is a funny one. Mm-hmm. I don't see him in the future, but I'm not sure if he'll go. He might be quite content just to say and beat Celtic and help out where necessary. I don't know what he's thinking. Um, so there's there's a lot there. And then it sounded, I was being very, very harsh on the, the sort of B team last time I sort of spoke at one of the game, but there wasn't many players in there that I thought were first team ready. So I can imagine, I think we'll need at least four first team ready players in the summer, mm-hmm. minimum, to make the squad better. And I think what you might see is more recruitment of guys at 15, 16, 17, more youth to try and bolster that academy system and hopefully bring that through. Because I think Angie's been clear that he sees that as the future. So I think mm. you see recruitment in that field, which is quite exciting for the future. Um, but yeah, massive clear out, I would suspect. And even, I think um, Paul John made a comment the other day that he would take a million for a lot of these players. I'd want a bit more than that. I think we'll get more. But the key thing is the reduction in wages. If you're clearing, I think you can maybe see 15, 16 players leave. No really any of the first team, but those guys I mentioned. And all those wages combined plus any nominal fee, it should you know balance the, the, the scales. Because um, I know we're going to get Champions League money, but we're also going to be prudent about it. We are a risk-averse club. We're, we're always going to be. But I think that could, could balance the scales quite well. Bear in mind as well, you're spending £12.5 million pounds to stand still. And Cameron yeah. Cardinal yeah. Jota, if if you conclude both of those deals, so that's you know, so that's why you want those players away as well, Brian. I want to get in anything that you can get from them. I agree. I I think they're worth more than a million, but if you, you're going to have to move them on and get as much as you can in order to facilitate and finance the deals for the likes of Cameron Carter, Vickers, and Jota. Tony, just to just to jump in on that from what Brian says, you know, Brian's talking about so many of the players that are out on loan or or some of the B team as well who he feels don't have a future at Celtic. Is there anybody who's on that precipice, on that cusp that for you might break in next season? I'm thinking of, you know, Lawal that's got a lot of game time for the B team this season, Moffat, who looked as if he might have even broken in this season, but it just didn't happen. Are there players for you that that we do have that haven't featured that you think might take their chance this pre-season? I think Boson Lawal is the one that I think a lot of people have got the, the highest hopes for, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. And it seems to be impressing a lot of people right, left and centre. So that that won't be lost in the manager because he's pretty hands-on with the B team because you've told them that they train the same way as the first team because you don't want that transition to be, you know, massive. So I think he'll have his, his eye on him. But I... You know, it's and it is up to players from the B team to to want it, you know, and and, and impress at all times because obviously you never know who's watching in the stand. That was always what you were told when you were playing football. So regardless if it's for the B team or not, you, you just try and impress. But Lawal's the one who's been the most frequent when I've been reading about the B team. His name constantly crops up, so you never know uh, if Lawal might be the one to to burst through, and you're hoping. Moffat's had his moments, but uh, you just think, is it there? You're not too sure. Uh, he's not done enough to convince you. It's there. You know, Joey Dawson played at mm. St. Dawson, didn't do particularly badly, but has not been really heard of or in and around it since, has he? You know, so you just sort of say to yourself, 
okay. And I, I agree with Brian. I think there'll be more emphasis on recruiting younger players now that uh, Mark Lowell's there too. And we'll, we'll, you'll see the, you know, see that come to fruition further down the line. But I, I think that Celtic kind of need to jettison the deadwood and, and concentrate on getting at least four or five quality players in. Uh, and I, and um, that's out with Jota and Carter Vickers for me, to be honest. Uh, yeah. so, and it's a, and it's going to be quite a heavy financial outlay. But if you get rid of that deadwood and you get you accrue as much as you can for them, then it will all help. Obviously, Ryan Christie getting promoted with Bournemouth got you another couple of million. So you have to throw that into the pot and make sure that you're getting value for money and the players that you're bringing in that are first team ready, know how to play this system, are good people and can fit seamlessly into a team whose trajectory is hopefully on the upward curve. It's 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 an interesting thought and that's that's where I think we should probably end the show today is looking at the potential options and, and future future uh, names that have been linked to the club. The two biggest ones this season uh, this week so far is Ola Solbakken from uh from Bodo Glimt as a potential understudy for Jota. And Mohanad Jazzy, uh, who is a left-back from Iraq, who, interestingly enough, I thought to myself, you know, in normal circumstances, I'd go, a left-back from Iraq? Where the hell's that come from? But we all know that Angelette slipped earlier in the season, that that's got a particularly strong market that he, uh, he then regretted saying in case he'd given away his secret. Um, Too late. Tony, I'll, co- I'll, I'll come back to you in this one first, Tony. Especially with that Mohamed Jazzy, the 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 left back situation, we all know the situation with Bolingoli. It looks, for whatever reason, even though I don't think skills has always been particularly bad, that it's not going to necessarily work out for him at Celtic. Greg Taylor is a fine option, but but is currently our only option at left back. Is is left back for you the first and foremost position we need to strengthen, or is there another more important area of the pitch for you? I think left back, centre back, midfield, and another striker. I that that's my first four out with Jota and Carter Vickers. That's that's what I would be concentrating on because we're still still light at left back. We've been known we've been light at left back, but Greg Taylor's done a terrific job this season. He said he's had a, a remarkable season considering he's been written off in lots of quarters. But we just know that in order to go into the big boys' playground, as they say, we need better quality, don't we? End of story. Still think we could do with another centre-back if Julian is not going to be part of the plans moving forward and it doesn't appear to be. It's it's a worrying situation, that, that you have a £7 million defender who just not had a look in and I'm said he has to wait uh, bide his time for his opportunity, which hasn't arrived and he's been fit since the Scottish Cup tie against Alloa, hasn't he? Mm. So that, that tells you a lot, doesn't it? This is and Ange always talks about watching players in training all week and stuff like that. So don't know what's went wrong there, what's happened, but you have to think Julian's future at Celtic could be up in the air. So I would hopefully try and bring in another central defender. Midfield, we need some kind of physicality and forcer in there. A Victor Wanyama type. Bearing in mind you picked up Victor Wanyama for nine hundred grand from Germinal Beershot in Belgium, so these players do exist, so it's just about. <laughs> wouldn't do much to have on the manager if <laughs> you go and buy whoever 
he'll have a list like Jan, no doubt. Uh, so I'm sure he's he's uh, more than capable of coming up with players that will fit that bill. And also, I just think we need another forward too because we've suffered this year because both Kyogo and uh, Georges Jackamakis got injured. And as much as Abada did a decent job, we still think we would need a, another one so you could rotate even more. And, yeah. you know, go into Europe and play your strongest team and maybe domestically have other players that can, as Brian said, when you're moving along the domestic games will take care of itself when you get to a stage where you have the tactics formation and your style and philosophy correct for bigger games. And Brian, before I get your thoughts on that, for our international viewers, just want to translate, if you're not from the Lanarkshire area, a list like yawn means an extremely long list. <laughs> <laughs> just in case anybody wasn't clear on that. Um, Brian, what are your thoughts on it? Obviously, we've talked about the clear out that's required. There will need to be an improvement in quality going into next season that comes with that clear out or, or on the back of that clear out. Are you in agreement with Tony about the areas we need to improve or is there any area that we've not discussed that you think is, is, is a particular area of concern for you? Um, I'm in agreement. I've got to say I'm really impressed with some of the, the lyrical work. We've got a left back from Iraq and a list longing. That's, that's, <laughs> that's quite a mouthful. That's, that's quite good work for both of you. So, so for international listers, that's a lesson right there. I left back from Iraq and I list the longing, brilliant. Um, the, the, only, the only position that I would add is a left winger, probably. I feel like if you look at, <clears throat> I think Tony's right about the position he's mentioned, but I think if you look at the way, so Jota's just a traditional winger, and then you've got, initially you had a badder who's almost like a second striker. He's not really a traditional winger, he's more just in at the back post. Then you've got Jota and Maeda, it's the same dynamic. But you've only got Jota who really can do that now because Forrest is probably winding down. So I think you need a, another Jota-like figure who can do left or right. So I think you need at least another winger. Um, but other than that, I, I agree with Tony. I think, yeah, you need probably a, a sort of... I initially thought we'd need like a... Because we've been linked with the boy Christopher Scott from Bayern who's like an attacking mid. Kind of mm-hmm. Hattie O'Reilly mould. Um, so I, th- I thought we needed the position there. But again, you could find... But if we get a sort of a ball winner that pushes McGregor forward, but again, we don't know what Gucci's like. He could be that guy. That'll be interesting to see how that develops. Although I, I expect you might have seen him before now, but um, but he could be the answer. We don't know. So, but I do think either way, regardless of what type of midfielder, centre mid, left back, left centre back, and probably a backup keeper as well. Um, I know the boy uh, Oliver Yemi has been doing quite well with the the B team, but. You would, if you're going to have a backup for Joe Hart, he needs to have elements of him, which is that organisation, that experience, and that sort of um, maturity. So I would like to see that filled as well. No asking too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, your 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 list think, isn't the size of Andrews. I don't think. <laughs> I think Brian and myself have just spent that forty million quid. Oh, aye, it's easy oh. done. It's easy nah. done, guys. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, w- I wonder if I wonder if Benzema will be going cheap in the summer. That's what I wonder. <laughs> No, the Celtic board won't spend the forty million pounds. <laughs> what we no, want is that... to get our two entirely different things. No, I have to. I have to say, uh, no. My uh, opinion of Benzema is one of these. I'm, I'm a Benzema stan. Having watched him again this week, I just think he doesn't get the credit he quite deserves. So that's that's where that came from. But it'll be interesting to see if he can deliver the goods in the European Cup final but that's a, that's another story for another day and we aren't a Liverpool or Real Madrid podcast so I should probably stop talking about it um, 
No, thanks very much for your thoughts, guys. Just before we head off, um, I'll ask you for your your predictions for this weekend. Can we can we deliver a victory against Hearts, Tony? I'll come to you first. What what are we thinking? Yeah, three nothing. Three nothing, Brian. Do you agree? I I was going to say three nothing, but I'll just say say four one just for just for the crack. <laughs> I'm going for an nervy one 0 guys. I think they're going to string it out against you, us. You would take it. You, you, as long as Hearts get broken, you take it. Yes, exactly. Hearts get broken. They say Tony Tony Agger is the wordsmith. That's absolutely outstanding, Brian. I like I that. I stole that for Tony. I, I, I finished it earlier. You <laughs> just, just, just gave me that one since it was my first day on Friday just to help me out. So. Well, seeing as how Kylie and Jason are coming back for neighbours, there's too many broken hearts in this world. My God. I think, I think for the sake of everybody watching and listening, this needs to end right now. That was absolutely atrocious, lad. Right, yeah, I right. <laughs> Thanks very much, everybody, for watching. We will be back, as always, this weekend with the match coverage against Hearts. Um, uh, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Tony. It's been an absolute pleasure. And for everybody, we will see you again very, very soon. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.